We must die to self in order to live. At this point in Luke's gospel that we heard today, Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem, where he knows for a fact that he will be betrayed, that he will be condemned, that he will be humiliated, that he will be tortured, ultimately that he will die upon the cross. He also knows that on the third day he will rise again. He also knows that everyone who wants to be his follower, everyone who wants to have that deep meaning of the joy of his kingdom, has to follow the same path. And so he tells us, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Every single Christian has to die with Christ in order to rise with him. There is no resurrection without death. Death, in this sense, will not necessarily take the form of the physical crucifixion that Jesus underwent. Although for his first apostles right, and his closest followers, they were martyrs. All the apostles minus John died a martyr's death. But whatever form the cross in our life takes as Christians it will always require of us a painful renunciation of that which is dear to us. Jesus' exhortation to hate father, to hate mother, to hate brothers and sisters, and even to hate our own life, simply points this out. That a true Christian should not prefer anything above Jesus Christ. Again, I say that. A true Christian cannot prefer anything above Jesus Christ. This demand might sound harsh, but they flow from the love of Jesus Christ. And in calling us to be his disciples, he doesn't want us to have any illusions. The invitation that Jesus gives us is quite contrary to the invitation that Satan gives. And that invitation that Satan gives is called temptation. When the devil tempts us, he wants to do it by saying that one particular course of action will be easy or easier. That that action may be more profitable or more pleasurable than the other. But what he fails to tell us in his lie is that that pleasure or that profit is fleeting. And but the damage it does is lasting. The devil wants us to forget that we are fallen, that we live in a fallen world. And so after we do fall into sin, he tries to convince us that we never can get back up. we failed forever. But Jesus, however, reminds us from the very start that following him will be demanding. And he does this because he knows that real friendship 
is grounded and built on truth. St. Augustine of Hippo once spoke, and I quote, Consider that God wants to fill you up with honey. But if you are already full of vinegar, where will you put that honey? What was in the vessel must be emptied out. The vessel itself must be washed out and made clean and scoured, hard work though it may be, so that it be made fit for something else, whatever that may be. What St. Augustine is saying here right, is if we think about honey, the slightest bit of vinegar added to the jar of honey ruins the whole batch. Just in the same way, sin in our lives, with the love of Christ and grace, right, if we allow sin to stick around and we don't renounce everything, it can sour our lives. Jesus wants all of us here today to accept his invitation, that invitation to live a life as his disciple. But that invitation also includes picking up our cross daily and following after him. Our acceptance of that invitation can be a source of great consolation and joy to our Lord. Think about that for a moment. The Lord of the entire universe, of heaven and earth, receives joy out of us accepting that invitation. However, Jesus respects our freedom. After all, you can't force friendship. But it pains his sacred heart so much when we do deny it. Jesus only calls people to follow him along the way with the cross, right, to carry our cross, because he knows that our deepest yearnings can only be satisfied by him alone. And in this fallen world, friendship with Christ demands self-sacrifice. It means carrying our cross. But crosses that are carried together with Christ are crosses that blossom. They blossom into a meaningful and fruitful life, both here on earth and into eternity. Think of this example um, in marriage. We see when fruitful marriages are lived out, they involve self-sacrifice. Husband and wife who have laid down their lives for each other. Who day in, day out set aside their own needs and their own desires for their husband, for their wife. And you can see the bountiful fruitness that comes from that. This is the mystery and the wonderful mystery of the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the tree of life. We know this. 
And I'm sure we're glad to receive a reminder and an encouragement of that from Christ. But we also know people who don't know this. We know people who are trying desperately each day, painfully, with agony, to carry their own crosses on their own, without any help. How burdensome, how painful that is. We need to let them know that there's hope to share in the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ. There's not a single human life that's without suffering. There's not a single human life that's without a cross. But for us who know Christ, our friendship with him enables us to suffer with meaning. And I dare say, even to suffer with joy. Today, Jesus Christ will come to us in Holy the Eucharist to strengthen us once again so that we can continue to bear our crosses with faith and hope. So first, take that moment in your own heart to say, yes, Jesus, I accept that invitation to take up my own cross and to follow you. And I accept the help the companionship that you want to give me every day. But also in this week sometime, to take a moment to share that strength with someone else, to take a share of a neighbor's cross, just as Jesus Christ has taken a share of our own.